Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. When Charlie was in his mid-30s, he and his wife Juanita took their kids up to Spooner Lake in Wisconsin. They quickly made the trip up and the kids were tired of being in the car and so they jumped out of the car, donned their bathing suits and went straight into the water. There is nothing better than crisp, clear, cool lake water to refresh on a hot summer day. Charlie and Juanita were busy like all parents on vacation, doing anything but resting and relaxing and playing with their kids. They were hauling in the luggage and schlepping in the groceries and setting up the lawn chairs. Meanwhile, the kids were out playing, two brothers and a sister, probably the brothers ganging up on the sister, maybe some dunking going on. But it comes, there comes a time for even the most uh, working adult in the sun and sweat to also be beckoned to the water. And so Charlie, wanting to be the Superman hero for his kids, like every father does, charged off down the dock. He gets to the end of the dock and he supermans up into the air, beautiful dive into the water. But Lake Spooner was too shallow. When his head hit the bottom, his neck broke. For the next several months, Charlie spent his life in a hospital. He survived the fall, but he never walked again. Desperately, Charlie and Juanita begged the healthcare professionals for some kind of health, some kind of healing, some kind of restoration of life so that he could just walk again. Maybe you've known someone who was paralyzed, whether from birth or because of an accident, or maybe it's not total paralysis, but someone who struggles with a difficult disease or sickness. Maybe you have challenges with your body and don't feel health this morning. This morning, I am not going to be delivering a eulogy for Prince. He passed away yesterday, if you didn't hear. Rather, what I want to talk about is Jesus. And I want to ask this question. Where do we go to find health healing, restored life. In John chapter 5, we are invited into a scene during a time of the year, some festival of the Jews. The text doesn't say, but the text does tell us where this happened. 
modern commentators, ancient commentators, ancient scribes, are all sort of confused about the name of this place, but I think the name Bethesda makes the most sense for this place in John chapter five. Why? Because John says that this was in Hebrew, and then he gives the name. How do we make sense of the in Hebrew? Probably Beit Chesed would make the most sense for the name of this place. A place there would be some sort of grace that people would come to find some sort of opportunity for health and healing, Hesed. What's more, this place was located somewhere near, if not in, the temple. The place where Jews had been taught to come if they were seeking something from God. That was the place that he had located himself. And it says that there were five colonnades surrounding this pool. Early patristic writers understood the figural writer that John was, and they saw in these five colonnades a reference to the five books of Moses. Where did the Jews go to find health, healing? They went to the temple. They went to the Pentateuch. This man was lying there in this place along with lots and lots and lots of other paralyzed people hoping for health and healing. Where do we go for health and healing these days? The hospital is perhaps the most logical place, and I suppose that, yes, if I were having a heart attack or needed uh, a surgery that would perhaps save my life, I, too, would go to the hospital. But today is Earth Day, and I'd like to introduce you to perhaps who might be the patron saint of Earth Day someday, Wendell Berry, who had some very interesting things to say about hospitals in our day. Wendell Berry has a scathing critique of hospitals in our modern age. Why? Because they take the body and they separate the body out from its community. They separate the body away from all of creation and put it in a sterile room away from family and friends, and then they isolate the part of the body that's not working right, as if you can sort of take a human body and treat it like a machine with all these different parts that you can treat individually. And Barry says that there is an even greater problem in hospitals. You would think that if it was a place for health and healing and rest, that you would be able to rest. But all night long, the procedures go on in the hospital. Nobody is resting when they're laying in a hospital bed. A place that ought to seem like a wonderful oasis of health and healing is anything but. We even have hospitals that have nice religious-sounding names, St. Mary's, Mercy, even Bethesda Hospital. There are these hospitals around the country 
that were started by the Christian church who desired long ago to care for the body and bring the healing word of Jesus and hold them together. But 20 or 30 years ago, many of the church-run hospitals were sold out to corporations because they could make a lot more money. Hospitals in our day are sometimes not the place of health and healing. And yet that's where Jesus goes. He enters into Bethesda, into this ward filled with paralyzed people lying all over the place. And he goes up to a particular man. And the text says that he noticed he'd been lying there a long time. This man, 38-year-old paralytic, is not just an object lesson for John for the bigger discussion that will come later with the Pharisees about healing on the Sabbath. As if these interactions with Jesus and individuals in John were just throwaway scenes. No, Jesus cared for this man, for his particular situation, for his particular illness. And he asks the man, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healthy? Do you want to be made whole? I don't see this as some pejorative, patently obvious sort of question, a pejorative put down, hey, do you want to be well or not? No. I hear it as a question that initiates a conversation. Do you want to be well? How is it with you this morning? In what conditions do you struggle with? What is it that you would love to have some relief from, some health, some healing from? How long have you been in the particular condition that you struggle with? Our Lord enters into this hospital ward, ward this morning with his healthy, healing word. And he cares about you. But then Jesus continues on. He enters into this conversation with this man, and the man gives an answer. Like all the characters in the Gospel of John, Jesus enters into a conversation, and the man has some problems with where he thinks he can find health and healing. He answers Jesus, I want to be healed, but even before I can get down to the water, right after it's stirred by the angel, somebody else gets in there before me. The problem with this man was that he had the wrong belief. He didn't know where he could find health and healing. Perhaps it is that way for us too. James K.A. Smith in a recent article in Comment Magazine says that in our secular society today, there is a way, 
uh, there is a desire to separate health from everything else in life. And health can become an idol in and of itself. Healthism, he calls it. Seeking out health devoid of any other kind of connection to the community or connection to the family. Perhaps you would love to find some respite, and yet you can't find the right doctor. Perhaps you would love to be healed of this condition, but you can't afford the medicine. Maybe it is that uh, you just can't quite follow the doctor's regimen of diet and exercise. And you believe that if you just could do that, you would have health and healing. We, like the paralytic, oftentimes misplace our trust and our faith and the place where we can find true health and healing and restored life. And yet Jesus continues on in this conversation with this man. The man can't even help himself and Jesus says one word to him. Agira, get up, stand up, arise. Strange word to say to a paralyzed man, except this Jesus is one with the Father, was present at creation. And so when this word, the word that was God, and with him in the beginning, when this word said, let there be light, with that command, there was light. The word of Jesus, one simple word, a command was able to do what it commanded. Stand up. Be healed. Be healthy. Be whole. Be alive. And you, dear Christian, have heard that word of life already. You have heard that word of life when the waters of baptism splashed over, to, over you and you were raised from death to new life. Every Sunday morning in the church, as you listen to the pastor preach, you hear the word of God. When you come into this hospital ward this morning, you hear the word of life. And it is a strong word that accomplishes its work in your life. To bring you from death to life, to bring you from sickness to health, to bring you from disease to healing. This word is a word for you this morning. Your sins are forgiven in the name of Jesus. And so, after hearing this one simple word, the paralyzed man stood up, picked up his mat, and he walked. 
But he wasn't the only one that heard the healing word of Jesus. In the beginning of Acts, Peter is walking through the temple and says something very similar to another paralyzed man. Silver and gold I do not have, but in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. This healing word of Jesus spread throughout the Roman Empire. And so in the second and third centuries, when there were epidemics and plagues raging in the empire, Rodney Stark points out that it was Christians who held together care for the body and the healing word of Jesus. Tertullian says, it is because of our love and compassion for other people, for the helpless, that we are branded as Christians. That is our branding. Only they say, look at how those Christians love one another. Lutherans have a fine, long tradition of keeping care for the body Paired with the healing word of Jesus. Lutheran nursing homes, Bethesda Lutheran communities, Lutheran hospitals, Grace Place Wellness, lots of places continue on to do this good work for our bodies. But I wonder with you students and a next generation, what will you go out to do to take care of your communities and your cities and the sick that lie in them? What will healing ministries look like when you are sent out to all places of the world to care for the body and to bring the healing word of Jesus? I'm excited to see that. Back to Charlie. Charlie sat in a wheelchair for the last 40 years of his life. And I knew Charlie quite well. Charlie was my grandpa. I only knew grandpa sitting in a wheelchair. And in the last weeks of his life, because of some bed sores and a variety of ailments, he was admitted to the hospital. He was a vet and the nearest hospital was two hours away in Indianapolis, so he was taken by ambulance to the vet, to the VA clinic, and for two weeks he was cared for before Grandma and I could make a trip down there. I was shocked as I walked into this place that was supposed to be full of health and healing, but it's the memory that I have of Grandma walking into that hospital room and opening up her goodie bag for Grandpa that has so stuck with me these years after, Jesus, after Grandpa fell asleep in Jesus. Grandma opened up her goodie bag, and there was Grandpa's Bible. She handed it to him, and tears filled his eyes. He said, I almost died these last two weeks without the scriptures, without the word of Jesus. I almost died 
without that word. The scriptures are the things that have been written that we might believe in Jesus the Christ and that by believing we might have life in his name. I long for the day when we will be resurrected to new life. Grandpa, all the saints together, raised to new life where we will spend eternity with Jesus. Amen. We sing our hymn.